This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to New York and to the show. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN App, Sirius XM80. All of our great ESPN stations across the country and ESPN2. I see you rocking out to T-Swift. CC. This is Taylor Swift? I didn't oh, yeah. know. I didn't now, know. Now he's going to stop well, rocking. I, I had no idea. It's such a good song. Welcome now, I to know New York. that she helps Travis Kelsey play better, but I'm just thinking, did she help Zach Wilson play better about no. a month ago? When he came? No, he did actually play oh, good yeah, a month ago yeah. on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Because the Zach Wilson we saw last night, not so much. No. Not, not so much. So much. One, yeah. one, two steps forward. It felt like a big step back yeah. last night. So let's uh, thank Joe and Troy and Peyton and Eli for making last night entertaining because uh, – if it was just based on the football, so oh boy, rough. Rough. oh my God, was that bad? Twenty-seven. Thank God it's twenty twenty-three. Also, and you can watch multiple screens at the same time <laughs> because we can have Joe and Troy, we can have Peyton and Eli, maybe a little NBA as well. Uh, anyway, so you have that out there. Chargers beat the Jets last night, twenty-seven-six on Monday Night Football. I don't know if anything is um, is uh, decreased in terms of critique for Justin Herbert. Smalls, as you've been saying, why have we not brought the heat for him? 16 of 30, 136 yards. Not 136 exact- yards. Yeah. No, well, I Jets mean, shout out to the Jets good. defense. Yeah. Yeah, but-, but this game was over, guys, in the first quarter when you have a punt return touchdown and two turnovers, and that's it. It's over. Oh, boy, that was bad. Yeah, anytime the Jets lose the turnover battle three to nothing, they're probably not going to have a chance to win that game, and that's because their offense is so anemic, which brings me to my biggest takeaway from last night's game. Zach Wilson isn't and will never be a competent NFL quarterback. That's just the reality of the situation with the quarterback. We've seen enough of a sample size to realize what he can and what he can't do, who he is and who he's not. And right now, the Jets are paying for banking on Zach being able to develop under the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm sure that they lived in a world where they didn't think that they would need Zach Wilson to be their starting quarterback week in and week out, and that Aaron Rodgers would be the one that's under center. But I think right now, what you're seeing is the organization doing a disservice to the team or having done a disservice to that team and specifically that defense by not going out and securing the backup quarterback spot. If they wanted to keep Zach Wilson on this team as a developmental prospect, that's all well and good. But you need to have a capable number two quarterback, especially when you have a guy going into his age 40 season in Aaron Rodgers slated to be under center. I just I don't understand why they did that. It will never make sense to me. And ultimately, that is going to be the decision that cost the Jets an opportunity to get to the postseason. Forget about competing for the AFC East title. I know I said that yesterday. I don't know what I was smoking. I must, I, I must <laughs> Wait, been, you're throwing that out already. Uh, 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 that, that's done. There, there's no chance. It never happened. With this offense, there's no chance. That never happened Yeah, that, that, that did happen. That's a terrible take. If I stood on it more than one day, I would put a dollar in the take jar. But my thing is this. Even the defense for the Jets realized in the fourth quarter, we can't win with this dude under center. He's not giving us an opportunity. Think about how bad you have to be to not allow Brandon Staley to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. The the worst coach in the NFL when it comes to close games. Listen, Brandon Staley couldn't even blow that game last night (laughs) as bad as Zach Wilson was in terms of managing it overall. And that's why it's sad to see that the defense – and and skill position core that features Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall 
won't be enough to get this team to the postseason. If you're saying a unit on your football team is worse than Brandon Staley's coaching, that's an indictment yes, <laughs> on the state of your yes, offense. Yes, ma'am. But didn't the postgame feel like an apology tour to the Jets' defense, whether it was Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson? It felt like everyone on the offense was talking about how they felt badly for the defense, that the defense performed at such a great level yet again, and they weren't able to get it done. They literally said, I feel bad. Garrett Wilson was saying, I feel bad going into the locker room looking my brothers on the defensive side of the football in the face because we didn't do it we didn't put them in a they put us in a position to succeed and we didn't get it done and guys in watching this game last night it just feels like the Jets are exactly where they were at the end of last season great defense good pieces on offense still a quarterback away they converted only three of 17 on third down their third down success rate which is 22 percent is the lowest in the NFL over the past 45 years the lowest in the NFL over the past 45 years. We've seen little glimpses of Zach Wilson looking like he was putting it together, but I just think the reality of the situation is is they're still going to be a quarterback away. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is still going to want to come back, and I think we're getting to that place where the Jets actually have to shut him down. I just say, thank you. We know how much you want to come back. We appreciate all the effort, but like, we can't risk you being injured on a non-playoff team. They're not making the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, uh, try to come back I think more for a crusade against modern medicine and technology and everything like that. Like, I could do things my way, as I always am going to do it. And look, I can get back on the football field. But if they're going to be like this, and if they're going to put themselves out of the playoff picture, I mean, look how good the AFC playoff picture is. With all four teams in the AFC North and how good they are, we know how good Jacksonville is. Kansas City is the defending champ. They're not going anywhere. And Miami, even not beating good teams, is still better than the Jets. Yeah. The Jets are not making the playoffs, and the charade of Aaron Rodgers coming back has to stop. Yeah, but the carrot for Aaron Rodgers coming back is not about Aaron Rodgers. It's not about the head coach or the general manager. It's about the other 52 guys in the locker room. Correct. And think about the energy that that team played with when Aaron Rodgers was back in the building for Sunday Night Football in their matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's always been about trying to motivate those guys in order to keep the season alive. And this Jets organization told the rest of the locker room that we're just one quarterback away all offseason long when they went out and took the big swing and traded for Rodgers. So what happens when that guy gets hurt in week one? Is our season over with? Well, you can't say that if you're the head coach or the general manager. So you have to dangle the possibility that Rodgers is coming back as long as we stay afloat in order to have the guys play with the requisite energy level and the attention to detail that it takes in order to win games in this league. And it worked. Up until last night, they won three straight games. They, mm-hmm. they were rolling. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles in one of the ugliest football games I've ever seen. They beat the New York Giants in an uglier football game <laughs> than that. So I, they found ways to win ugly, and the catalyst for it has been the defense because of the possibility of Rodgers coming back. But I don't know that even if Rodgers is able to buck modern medicine and come back from an Achilles tear in four or five months – he's not coming back to a team that's capable of getting into the playoffs or a team that's capable of winning a playoff game. This is going to be about the 2024 season, and unfortunately for the New York Jets, there's nothing that can be done to change the outlook of the second half of this season. Yeah, Jets punter Thomas Morissette was on with our Pat McAfee last week and said just having Aaron Rodgers around, just his presence gives this team hope. And so if I'm any decision maker within the New York Jets organization, I'm not trying to quell that at all. I'm not trying to tamper down him saying that he's coming back because you're right, at what 
what else is going to really motivate this team other than pride at this point? Because it, it doesn't feel <laughs> like they're a playoff team. But if they think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, they're certainly going to go out there and give it their all, or at least you'd expect them to. But I wouldn't risk it if I was them. I wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers come play he, if, he, if you want to have hope a, for next season. He can't play a snap this year. No. He cannot play a snap this year. Simple as that. Like, they can, they can sit there and have him motivate the team by trying to come back. But at, when is the earliest he would come back? How many weeks from now? Because now he's throwing up. He's walking in without the cart yesterday. Didn't you think, though, that the Jets would win the game when you saw him walking in without the cart? I was like, if he's the motivating factor and he's walking in, no cart, no crutches, no nothing, the Jets are going to be motivated to win this game. But they, they lost 27-6 Correct. instead, and they Correct. had an awful first quarter. So when's the earliest? When, when do we want to say the earliest is that he's I don't know. Back? I'm not a doctor. So, I'm not Dr. Elitrosh. I have no idea. <laughs> so they can't let him play because by the time he's going to come back, they're going to be eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. So they, they like they can allow him to well, do what he's doing I don't know now. About, I don't know a lot. He of, cannot well, take well, a here's, snap here's, when eliminated. Here's the thing. It's hard, I hear what you're saying, but we're so far away from them being eliminated from the playoffs. Let's keep it in its proper perspective, right? You're talking about this team being two games in the win column behind the division leader in the Miami Dolphins, and it's a situation where they still got two games against the Dolphins, and they've got one more left against the Bills. They already banked a head-to-head win against Buffalo. So it's not as if – the sky is falling or this team can't find itself being competitive for the division or for a playoff spot into late November, early December. I just think with what they have to overcome in the way of quarterback play in an atrocious offensive line, I, I just don't think that that defense, as great as it is, can do enough to put them in positions to win many more games, which is why it's a damn shame that Joe Douglas and Rob Sala didn't prioritize the backup quarterback position for the sake of of trying to salvage Zach Wilson. I don't know why you didn't see last year that Zach Wilson wasn't your guy. And it was less about what was happening on the field and more about how he was handling it in the post-game press conferences and in the locker room. When the team wears T-shirts with the image and likeness of the backup quarterback because the backup quarterback is finally able to start a game, That's not a good spot to be in. At that point, you knew, even if you were moving forward with a different starting quarterback and you wanted to keep Zach as your guy for the long term, you probably needed to bring in somebody else that could command more respect in the locker room, somebody that was serviceable. Hell, Josh Dobbs was out there for the taking. The Arizona Cardinals, they traded Josh Dobbs for a YMCA membership and a pack of bubble gum. It was a six-round pick to the Vikings in exchange for Dobbs and the seven. Like To me, it's wild that you wouldn't go out there and try to make a move like that in order to bolster your backup quarterback position and, and really the guy that ultimately could start it. It's not as if Josh Dobbs precludes the Jets from running it back with Aaron Rodgers. It's not as if Josh Dobbs gets in the way of Zach Wilson being a developmental prospect long-term. But Josh Dobbs gives you a better chance to win games now than Zach Wilson does. And that's ultimately what it's about. That's, that's what you owe those guys on the defensive side of the ball if you're Rob Sala. I mean, about the only thing worse than the dye that Rob Sala's now putting in his beard was the way Zach Wilson played last night. He took eight sacks, including back-to-back sacks inexplicably in the red zone on the first drive of the second half, which is absolutely atrocious. But six of the eight sacks came with Zach holding the ball four seconds or longer. That's a lifetime in the NFL. The average snap-to-throw time for NFL quarterbacks is about 2.8 seconds. You're holding the ball for four seconds. Of course you're going to get sacked. You can't make those types of decisions. And then ball security in the pocket, that's a whole other thing. But I, I just I don't understand why they picked the Zach Wilson Hill to die on. 
if you have a quarterback going into your age 40 year, why on God's green earth would you not have a competent number two quarterback? The only answer is they drafted him number two. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, that may not be the right answer. That may not be a satisfactory answer, but that's the only answer. It's harder to give up on a prospect yeah. that you, you risked a lot for. Doesn't yeah. it feel like franchise malpractice because they did that, though? They didn't think that this would happen with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but you they had put their opp- egg, too many eggs in one basket. Smalls, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you even had an opportunity to fix it. Arizona put up the sign and said, hey, we'll trade Josh Dobbs. How'd Josh Dobbs look in less than a week of work of prep in Minnesota? Came in, came in and won the damn game. Game-winning drive at the end against the Falcons. I mean, that, that's what you're looking for. I don't need you to be a star. Just be competent. Just make the throws that you're supposed to make. Troy Aikman said it on the first drive that the Jets had. It was an out to C.J. Uzama. And Troy said, you got to make that throw as an NFL quarterback. That's a layup. Zach can't make the layups. Well, I, you, put, you put the team in a position where you make it next to impossible for them to win because they have no margin for error. The offense is that bad. Coming up, maybe an all-time sports betrayal. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy it is unsportsmanlike on espn radio presented by progressive insurance okay well pun intended we saw a curveball yesterday we did not see coming, okay? So in Major League Baseball, hot stove, it's different than the other sports. Hot stove actually starts immediately. Yeah. Like the offseason stuff, there's not like a big release day like you have or free agency day like you have in the NFL or NBA. It just World Series over and it starts with players and managers. So Milwaukee Brewers manager or then Brewers manager, Craig Council, he is with this team for nine years as a manager. He won three division titles, went to the playoffs five times, went to the playoffs five of the last six years. More context. He played for them twice. He's from the Milwaukee area, and his dad worked for the organization. This guy was considered a lifer and their dream manager. And everyone knew there was a chance that another team would throw the bag at him because he's one of the best managers in baseball. But the assumption was that the New York Mets would do it because the Mets are now run by David Stearns, who used to run the Brewers. Oh, mm-hmm. tie-in connection. And Council was going to be a managerial free agent on November 1st. 
So he could not talk to any teams without approval prior to November 1st. It is November 7th. Yesterday, out of nowhere, when everyone thought it was going to be announced that he was going to leave the Brewers and go to the Mets or maybe even the Astros, he goes to their biggest rival, the Chicago Cubs, on a massive five-year, $40 million deal. And Smalls, you know. You know the Midwest values better than anyone. You're from the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, baseball fans feel like he stabbed them in the back and betrayed them. I don't know how they couldn't feel like that, though. When I heard this yesterday, guys, you know when you get a notification on your phone and you have your AirPods in, it reads it back to you? So we were on our group chat. We were saying, oh, there's reports out there. Council's going to a team that already has a manager. I was getting my nails done, okay? I had my my nails in (laughs) the hands of the technician. I hear in my ear from our group chat, Craig Council to the Cubs. And I went, what? And I, I got stuff all over me because I was that shocked. I could not believe what I was hearing. I had to get, hit the pause on the nails, go read what was going on because I didn't believe it. Because this is shocking on so many levels. First, it's shocking that someone who is a lifer, as you said, a Wisconsin native, has held so many roles in the Brewers organization and has the franchise record for most managerial wins with 707 would would leave the Brewers, that that would even be on the table, right? You'd think that they would do everything possible to retain him and that he would want to stay there. It's shocking that it's not to a place like the New York Mets that does have the already established relationship with, with David Stearns and you know that Steve Cohen will just throw a bag of money. Mm. But for it to be a team that is in your division, a team that is a stone's throw away from you, a team that you face, all the time, every single year, that's your main competition, or at least has been over the past few years, one of the main competitions that you face to win the division, to go on to the playoffs, for that to be the place that he lands is absolutely shocking. Well, and for it to all come together, by the way, sorry, CC, in the past few days, and in this stealth of a manager, uh, in a way, is even more shocking. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, listen, I know that there's a November 1st date before other teams could talk to him. Guarantee that there's been back-channel communications about this longer than that. But it's a situation where if you can't beat them, join them, or pay them enough money to get them to come join you. And that's what's going on in the NL Central right now. And here's the thing. David Ross is a fine manager. It's not as if he's one of the worst managers in all of baseball. It's just that you're talking about hiring a manager in Craig Council that has no holes in his overall game. Like th- this is one of the very best baseball minds when it comes to having guys at the helm in the dugout, guys in the clubhouse, guys that could command the leadership uh, in in the locker room, guys that, that garner that level of respect. So I love the fact that the Chicago Cubs didn't let their current manager get in the way of the opportunity to hire Craig Council because now you know that your manager won't be the reason why you can't compete, can't contend at the highest levels of the sport. And in a big market like Chicago, sometimes you have to take a big swing. And paying a manager in this day and age in baseball $8 million a year Mm -hmm. sends a statement about your organization's commitment to winning. And I think that's probably the biggest eye-opener for me, just in terms of what Craig Council is going to be making. So often we talk about how front offices run the team. They're the ones that actually dictate the major decisions that happens. They're the ones that set the lineups. They're the ones that establish the lanes for the bullpen guys. They're the ones that establish the rotations. All of those things not based here. on analytics. That ain't going to be the situation right. with the Chicago Cubs. You better not if you're that, paying that That ain't going to be the situation. So there's clearly a shift 
when it comes to how this franchise is thinking, and I'm curious to see whether or not you see other franchises follow suit if they have success with Craig Council. Mark Antanasio is the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. He had a conference call and a Zoom, excuse me, right afterwards with the media, and he had some strong words about his now ex-manager. This certainly was unexpected, but you know what it what it done is it it's allowed me to reflect on what we have in Milwaukee as a city and and play baseball in. And uh, you know what I what I said to the group is we've lost Craig, but Craig has lost us and our community also. So uh, you, co- you could call it a lose lose, right? Craig, Craig Council ain't lose a damn thing. Well, but he's it, go- I'm going to Chicago and I'm getting paid. $40 million over the next five years. Where's the loss? Because well, it's, the, his, it's his lifelong community. Let me tell you, he did he did lose a lot because uh, there's a lot of Brewers fans or people in that organization that are waking up today that feel a certain type of way about him. And sure, the money and the opportunity probably trumps all of that for him. But I, I tell you, he is not going to be received the same in a place that has meant so much to him for a long time. But we are curious about your all-time sports betrayal. Your team, your school, your town, whatever it is, whatever you want to say is your all-time sports betrayal. What is that? Because that's the way the people in Wisconsin are feeling today. And by the way, I'm sure David Ross feels that way, the manager of the Cubs. He had a home run in Game 7 in 2016 as the oldest player ever to hit a home run in the World Series, and he was fine the last few years, and he got, basically they were flirting with the, the replacement while he was still there. Yeah. We're going to get your biggest sports uh, betrayal on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. I'll, I'll give you one, okay? When I was working in South Florida, this is not a team I root for, but I've never seen people feel betrayed like this. When Nick Saban went to Alabama, when he was the Dolphins coach. Really? Oh, my God. Because he constantly said over and over again, I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. He was asked directly about that. He, it was like the biggest score ever when they got him. And then he left after two years without accomplishing anything. Every Dolphins fan and every South Florida football fan smalls felt like they got stabbed in the back. So when I think of sports mm. betrayal, oddly enough, I go Saban to Alabama. Now, it worked out for him, by the way. Yeah, I, I would say it was the right decision <laughs> yeah. for him. Oh, you're looking at me? Yeah, oh, I know where you're oh, going. Yeah. I mean, sports we, betrayal? I yes. thought you'd never ask. <laughs> How about a Missouri native who was a minority owner of your football team exercising his right to take over and buy said team, then saying, I'm going to keep this team in Missouri and in St. Louis specifically as long as I possibly can. We're not going anywhere. Oh, lies. After 15 <laughs> and 65, which is tied for the worst five-year stretch of football in NFL history, when the city and the fan base supported you. Oh, and by the way, the city also puts up $450 million of public funding to get you a new stadium. Turns out you were lying the entire time. Bought a plot of land in L.A., had a secret owner's meeting that you orchestrated to rip the team out of your home state, and by the way, torch them publicly, lies on the way out. Yes, I'm talking about Stan Kroenke, a.k.a. Modern Day Judas, and the St. Louis Rams. Oh, wow. Get him, Smalls. Modern Day Judas. And that's me being polite. Yeah, Yeah. I'm Smalls in a building. That's a pretty good one. The only one that I would think that could potentially rival this is the one that nobody saw coming. Art Modell in the Cleveland Browns. In the cover of night. That one's brutal. After 1995 season, moving the Cleveland Browns to Baltimore, essentially channeling his inner Robert Ursay, because Robert Ursay once upon a time moved the Baltimore Colts to Indianapolis, but I, I digress. Like, moving the Cleveland Browns in the cover of night, and then that franchise in Baltimore went in the Super Bowl four seasons later. I, I, don't, I don't know if there is a worse 
sports portrayal than that one just because of the success that the franchise went on to have. Save your St. Louis Rams ended up going up to, to L.A. And, and winning a Super Bowl, too. But I, I guess the whole point of it is the way that it was done with a franchise as closely tied to the community as the Cleveland Browns were with the history of it, with Jim Brown, with with Marion Motley, all of those those historic figures to move that franchise the way that Art Modell did – that was that was a, a gut punch for the Cleveland Browns fans. And Absolutely. then it's been the factory of sadness ever since. But they stayed with them, which is the most remarkable thing, and it's why Cleveland is an yeah, amazing Yeah, they got a team town. back in 1999, they, yeah. but it's bad. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number on the Dr. Pepper call in line at Unsports ESPN, your biggest sports betrayal, because that's the way people are feeling about Craig Council, manager of the Brewers, who goes to the biggest rival, just leaves to the biggest rival. Um, at Unsports ESPN at fake coach K tweets Riley to the heat still bothers me as a Knicks fan. Really? That's a, well, the facts, the facts yeah. in his resignation. Yeah, that's a tough he one. He was on the um, cruise line with Mickey Harrison, the <laughs> majority governor of the heat and the Knicks wanted him and he wanted to have more with the Knicks and they never gave it to him. And then he goes to now what has become a huge rival. Obviously it wasn't, you know, it, well, actually it was at the time, but that was a nasty one at that point. That's the thing because you're looking at the rivalry aspect. I think the Brewers fans were okay with, with him leaving because yeah. he kind of told them, Hey, there's a chance I'm going to leave. Right. Yeah. And they don't care about the Mets. They don't care about the Astros. They wouldn't care about the Angels or the Guardians. Hurt. It would hurt, but not that badly. No, yeah. not. You it's, could rationalize that. It's it's not only am I cheating on you, I'm cheating on you with your best friends. Or, sorry, your biggest rival, your biggest enemy. No, it's it's with the neighbor. It's what she's like with so the you neighbor. Have, so you have to see them go check the mail every day. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You can't avoid them. 888-SAY-ESPN. Oh, 888-729-3776. We'll get your phone calls in coming up. Your biggest sports betrayal of all time, plus... Let's see what NFL teams Canty may betray in his power <laughs> rankings coming up next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. Yes! Canty's NFL Power Rankings. 
here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We will get to your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on Sports Betrayal. But CC, top five NFL teams right now. All right. We got the music. Number five. Hey, there we go. We're going to kick this thing off with the Detroit Lions. I get it. They were on a bye week, so out of sight, out of mind. But I can't forget what I've seen over an eight-game sample size. Really didn't really have any bad performances, save the one against the Baltimore Ravens in M&T Bank Stadium. The only other loss they had was in overtime against the Seattle Seahawks, which we all deem a good football team. But this Detroit Lions is one of three teams that have a top-10 offense, a top-10 defense. And when you look at their remaining schedule, they are going to coast to a division title. The Detroit Lions are a team that's steadily going to improve. And if you look at the urgency that this franchise is approaching this season with, it's hard to not take them seriously as an actual team that can contend for a deep playoff run. Keep it moving. Number four. We got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. They went all the way to Frankfurt, Germany, and kicked in the teeth of the Miami Dolphins. And the most impressive part is you're talking about the number one offense in the National Football League, and they held them to 14 points. And the defense also found an opportunity for a scoop and score to put up points of their own. I am concerned a little bit about the receiving core, especially guys down the field creating separation for the defensive backs to hit some of those explosive plays in the passing game. But Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid will figure it out. They always do. That defense is going to give them plenty of runway in order to do that. Next. Number three. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, this is a team that is on the upswing, and I know a lot of people don't talk about them when we think about the best teams in the AFC, but trust me, they're right there. Just look at the body of work that this team has. They're talking about a team that's won five straight games, and one of those games, the last one being in Pittsburgh against Mike Tomlin, a coach that can muck up the game like nobody's business. They found a way to win that game, and they featured Travis Etienne, a guy that not only is a tremendous running back, a 1,000-yard type of guy, but he's also a factor in the passing game. We think about all of these dual-threat running backs. A lot of people miss Travis Etienne and all of that, but this guy finds the end zone seemingly every single game. Watch out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team that could sneak into the AFC Championship game. They're that good. Number two. Number two, we got to go with the Baltimore Ravens. They absolutely smoked the Seattle Seahawks at home. I said this yesterday, but it bears repeating. When CBS, who's broadcasting the game, has to cut away from Ravens-Seahawks, a game that features two division leaders, to go to Bears-Saints, you know that that's an ass-kicking of epic proportions. That's what it was for Baltimore. They ran the ball for 300 yards. Lamar Jackson had a relatively clean game, had 200 yards passing. They didn't have the mistakes, the self-inflicting wounds. But the thing that keeps showing up for Baltimore is their defense. They can hang their hat on that. That's the identity of this team. And the last time that we can say the defense is what wins the day in Baltimore, you're probably talking about going back to the 2000 Ravens team that won a championship This is that kind of defense where they can pitch shutouts. They can be that dominant. Number one. Number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. I I mean, I just they they just keep winning games. It's not sexy, and I know Pat Costello is ringing the bell. You have to ring the bell. I mean, you you have to ring the bell. They They deserve the bell. They were eight and one at this point last year. They're eight and one this year, and they haven't played great football. And their quarterback isn't healthy. And their secondary is garbage. But they still win games. 
They still win. They tried their damnedest to give away the game to the Dallas Cowboys. They tried. They let the Cowboys drive 80 yards in 19 seconds. The Cowboys had the ball first and five on the six-yard line with 30 seconds to go in the game. And the Cowboys couldn't get more than two shots at the end zone because of how good that Eagles defense is, and specifically that Eagles pass rush at being able to close the show. Again, identity matters when we start power ranking these teams. What are the things that we know? What are the things that we can hang their hat on that are going to show up week to week, no matter who they're playing? For the Eagles, it's their run game and it's their pass rush. Those are things that are always going to be there. And there's also the trust factor of Jalen Hurts, who has made some mistakes this year, but also makes game-winning plays when it matters the most. So, Smalls, that is the list, the power rankings. Eagles, Ravens, Jaguars, Chiefs, Lions, any omissions, any objections? So I always think about the fan bases that might be upset at being excluded from the CC Power Rankings. Seattle, Miami, Dallas, they don't have a leg to stand on this week. But I have a feeling some of my people in Cincinnati might be upset that the Bengals were left off the list. Listen, the whole body of work matters. And I get it. Joe Burrow was injured earlier in this season, but they started off the season one and three. They're, they're, They're on the right track. They're doing the right things. They've won four in a row, three against teams winning records. Keep that thing trending in that direction. Keep it going in that direction. It's hard for me to put a team in the power rankings that's in last place in their division. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's where the Cincinnati Bengals are. You're in last place in the division. That's because of the hole you dug. You're on your way to climbing out of it. Keep going that way. Maybe just maybe you'll show up in the power rankings. Show up against the Houston Texans. Okay. We'll see. 888-SAY-ESPN. Telephone number to join the show on the Dr. Pepper call in line. We got Candy's power rankings. We also got sports betrayal. Craig Council leaves the Brewers, goes to the arch rival Chicago Cubs, Felt like in the middle of the night is what had happened yesterday. Uh, your version of that, your sports betrayal. Craig in Minnesota watching on ESPN2. What's up, Craig? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, being a lifelong Packer fan living in Minnesota, you got to go Brett Favre. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's definitely one that I know Packers fans feel. There was the year in between with the Jets, but everybody know he only went to the Jets to get to the Vikings. Yeah, that one hurt for a long time. Did, did the Packers fans feel like they got any retribution when Brett Favre was in that NFC Championship game where he got beat to sleep by that Saints defense in Bounty Gate? Like, did you so feel? Did you year, feel? Though. Did you yeah. feel good watching Brett Favre oh, get beat up that way? I'm sure they love to hate watch that yeah. scenario, but it doesn't change the act, the initial act of betrayal. No, it doesn't change the act, but it makes you feel good that somebody got your lick back, right? <laughs> Quite literally and figuratively, the Saints defense got your lick back for you. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, exactly. Mike in Indiana, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Mike? Mike, are you there? Morning, guys. Morning. Great show. Thank you. Yeah, you hear me? Yes, yeah. sir. Go ahead. Yeah, my biggest betrayal being from Indiana is when Andrew Luck decided to just abruptly retire right before the start oh. of the season. We've been garbage pretty much ever since. Wait a second. Wait a second. Like blame a Ryan Grigson, the general manager. Yeah, blame the Don't lack blame, of an offensive yeah, line. Exactly. Thank Don't you, Smalls. blame him. He was, he was battered. His, his, he was too injured. His body hurt. Come and, on. And you, what, the Indianapolis Colts, led by the then general manager, Ryan Grigson, who I believe is the worst general manager we've seen in the last 20 years in the NFL, wow. what he did to, to Andrew Luck was malpractice. He kept drafting wide receivers. He never protected the guy and the guy was beaten physically and, me- and mentally where he had to walk away from the sport. I'm not blaming Andrew Luck for that. I'm no, sorry. I feel like a betrayal is when you consciously make a decision to hurt a, a certain franchise or a team. He didn't do that. He gave them everything he had. Yeah. He just didn't have anything left. I agree. He didn't uh, consciously try to hurt them. Justin in Los Angeles listening on 710 in L.A. What's up, Justin? 
What's up, guys? Hey, Smalls, what about in 95 when my Rams was ripped away from us from that evil woman, Georgia Frontieri? You got him back, Justin. What are you complaining about? Stan Kroenke made a wrong to a ride again. <laughs> oh, boy. As a lifelong grandfather. Justin. Wow. Justin, here. here's he the thing, Justin. He never Let... left St. Louis. He should, they yeah, you're right. They should have never left St. Louis. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Appreciate the call. No, Justin, here's the, here's the difference. Anytime your franchise leaves, it's painful. But the manner in which it was done in St. Louis was especially brutal for several reasons. One, he's from Missouri. Two, he lied the entire time saying he was going to keep the team there. Number three, they were trying to lose on purpose, so they subjected the poor people of St. Louis to historically terrible football. Number four, they had all of these town halls where they made St. Louis come and literally beg the citizens of St. Louis beg for the team, knowing that they were going to leave. Number five, when it was already a done deal, Stan Kroenke decides to make a public statement saying no other team outside the Cardinals can exist in St. Louis. It's a bad sports town. It's one of the best sports cities in St. Louis. It's a blatant lie. So yeah, Having your team leave your city is rough, but the way they did it in St. Louis. Oh, number six. The city put together a stadium plan, got the renderings, got the architecture, got the public funding, got the corporate sponsorships, did every single thing they were asked to do. And it was all for nothing. It's so, the 10 smallest commandments. I'm just saying, this was not your average team leaving a city. It was especially brutal. But congratulations on your Super Bowl. Well done. The irony of someone calling saying the betrayal is leaving L.A. for St. Louis to you is an amazing call that we just had. By, by the way. Are we up to number no, seven or eight? No, go, go. No, no, we don't have enough time. We're not we don't up, have enough time. We didn't do the ten smallest commandments. Number eight. <laughs> number eight. Let's go. Coming up. Coming up. Maybe the NCAA betraying Michigan in their eyes. We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. We will get to your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call in line in just a minute here. But there's a turn now in the NCAA versus Michigan situation. Jim Harbaugh speaks yesterday. The NCAA is obviously investigating Michigan. They have let Michigan know that they are they are investigating. There's all kinds of thoughts that maybe sooner rather than later we could find out information. But Jim Harbaugh had this to say responding to all of the criticism. Nobody's uh, wants criticism or, you know, and that's why I work so hard to do everything right on and off the field. Been that way for a long time, you know, since since I was 22 years old. But if the criticism is directed me and not on my adolescent kids at home or the players on the football team, then I'm okay with it. 
Okay, getting an interesting spin there. The Big Ten is formally let them know they're investigating. CC, you have been calling rightfully so for due process here. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a part of this that may be due process. Other parts feel like the rest of the Big Ten schools are trying to rush this. Well, unless they've had the conclusive report from the NCAA investigation, I don't know how it is due process. I, I think you have to let the investigation run its course to know the extent to what Jim Harbaugh was aware of it, what, what he didn't know, um, and, and, and the timing of it all before you can levy any kind of punishment on him or the program. I think – it has to be an extensive search. You you have to make sure that you've got all the angles covered. It, it, it's one of those things that's comprehensive. So when the report is released to the other members of the Big Ten and, you know, to the, the governing body in the NCAA, everybody knows what the penalty, what the infractions were. Thereby, everybody can get on board and you can have overwhelming support for whatever punishment, whatever discipline that you give to the program. I just think any type of suspension – prior to the conclusion of the NCAA investigation, is premature. Basically, we're waiting for them to have tangible evidence that he received this information from Connor Stallions in some way, shape, or form, was aware of it, and then used it, right? Well, Isn't we, that what well, we're we waiting have, for? We have the evidence, though. We've seen snippets of it, like like Connor Stallions actually next to Jim Harbaugh telling him that sign yeah. is for this. Like, So we, we've seen evidence. But basically like a paper trail. Yeah, right? but we don't, we don't know that Jim Harbaugh was aware of the, How lengths, he got that the lengths that Connor Stallion right. would go to in order to acquire that, whether or not Jim Harbaugh directed him to do that. Anybody that's under the authority of Jim Harbaugh may have directed Connor Stallions. We don't have that information. And we also don't know how this information came to light in the first place. Like, we don't know how everybody was made aware of it. There are some reports out there um, uh, that there could be other people involved with trying to bring this stuff to the forefront, competitors of the University of Michigan program within the conference. So I I just, again, I think it needs to be a comprehensive investigation where you you explore all the different angles and, and you go where the evidence leads, and then you have a conclusive report. Based on that report, we can then talk about what the punishment should be for Jim Harbaugh in the Michigan program. We know there's going to be some punishment because it was clearly wrongdoing, and whether Jim knew about it or not, he should have known. And, and this is something that's clearly an overstep. But it's a different thing if Jim Harbaugh directed Connor Stallions to do these things versus Jim Harbaugh not knowing that Connor Stallions was doing it but taking advantage of the information that he had. So, CeCe, we know what you think should happen. What do you think will happen, though? You think they will make a premature decision. Pete Thamel, our ESPN college football and and college reporter, has put out there that this week is going to determine a lot of things. There's going to be more information that comes out. They're kind of ramping everything up. What do you think will happen? I don't think they'll suspend him before before the NCAA concludes their investigation. Now, we don't know when that's going to happen. That could happen this week. That could happen in a matter of a, a couple of weeks. We don't know. But I just think that it becomes a slippery slope if you suspend them beforehand because there's the due process argument. And knowing Jim Harbaugh, it has the potential to get, to get ugly. Like there's been Jim Harbaugh making threats or, or intimating that there could potentially be a lawsuit involved if we don't have due process, if we don't wait until the conclusion of the NCAA investigation and getting the findings from that report. I just, I just think that the Big Ten, with the stakes that they have, not only with this college football season, but knowing – that conference expansion is on the horizon. You're bringing in other teams, including the L.A. market with USC and UCLA. It doesn't make sense to try to 
to, to get ahead of yourselves when it comes to the discipline that you want to levy to Michigan. Well, Dr. Pepper gives out the best fan of the month and no bigger fan of Michigan over the last however many months than Connor Stallion. So we will give him uh, the best <laughs> fan of the month brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the, the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. You mentioned Los Angeles. Let's go there and talk to Frank in L.A. listening on 710 ESPN L.A. What's up, Frank? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Morning, Frank. The biggest thing is Wade Boggs. Okay, Wade Boggs Boggs is an interesting one in terms of sports betrayal because I think when you have rivalries like Yankees and Red Sox or you were a part of two massive ones with the Giants, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, when you go and play for that other team, it drives people crazy. Wade Boggs playing for the Yankees, winning a World Series in 96. Uh, Johnny Damon, that's a huge one. Clemens played for both teams. Right. I mean, I don't. Are there any massive examples? And I'm just maybe forgetting them of the Steelers Ravens. Like, like we just came up with quick ones in Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, I'm thinking about Steelers Ravens. No, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. No. And you had you you had an interesting not excuse, but you're from New York. So when you go from the Cowboys ultimately the Giants, that's your hometown team. You got to leave that out a little bit. Yeah, right? a little bit. And plus, the Cowboys didn't want to pay me. The Giants yeah. did. So right. I mean, like, well, and that's the difference with the Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers yeah, wanted to pay yeah, Craig Council. Yeah, exactly. He not, wanted more somewhere cow- else. It's not as if the Cowboys were going to give you the same money that the Giants. <laughs> yeah. My so. option is a contract so they or make no your contract. Choice. Exactly. Getting paid, generation. Well versus not. Yeah, yeah. it's not a seems like an easy decision. Yeah. Yeah. How about this one for a sports portrayal? Okay. Bobby Petrino, 13 games in as a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, dipping on the franchise. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, like, like, I, like, I have like, a story about like, that. Like, I can't coach Michael Vick. He's going to be in jail for a couple of years. I don't know if I want to be in the NFL. <laughs> Let me jump back to college. I'm good, on, I'm good on you, Atlanta Falcons. So, Billy Devaney is a guy that worked in their front office. Was it the Cardinals? I mean, sorry, the Rams. the Rams. Rams, excuse Billy. me. He told a story once where – he said that Bobby Petrino, Petrino, that day that he went to Arkansas from the Falcons, walked around the office and said, hey, guys, gotta, I'm going to go grab lunch for a little bit. I'll be back in a little bit. Literally said, I'm going to go grab lunch. All of a sudden, it's an hour, two hours later. They don't know where he is. Uh, come they to put find on out. the TV, <laughs> whooping suey. Out. Never told them. Said he's like grabbing a slice of pizza. It, it was unbelievable. The story this guy told that you talk about betrayal. Council, I guess the argument against council betraying, and we're not saying there is one necessarily other than my, money, as CC has pointed out. The argument is he did let you know kind of he was really considering leaving. You the just contract didn't know. is expiring. We knew that that was coming down the pipeline. But we didn't know the Cubs were going to have an opening. No. <laughs> That's, and by the way, I mean, on a serious note, I guess um, there's no Rooney rule in baseball, clearly. Because all of a sudden he gets a job that already is is filled and there's no interview process there. No, you know he's the no. only guy that actually interviewed for that job. But it is an amazing it's an amazing turn of events because you're talking about a guy in David Ross who now I mean Smalls you've said you think he got screwed through all of this. Absolutely, he takes over the Cubs in 2020. Obviously, a truncated pandemic season gets them to the playoffs. Then they basically acknowledge that there was going to be a rebuild on the fly. He leans into that, helps the team through that, and then the Cubs absolutely outperformed expectations last year. He's done a good job there and is one of their own. Well, clearly he didn't do a good enough job. Otherwise, he would keep the job, which begs the question. I know we're in the middle of the NFL season. Is there an NFL coach that we could see this happen to after the season? Ooh, good question. Where they get replaced without getting fired in essence? Well, they're going to get fired because the replacement becomes available. Yeah. Ooh. No, because the NFL has rules and regulations about this. So literally, no. You, can't, you actually can't do it. Okay. Well, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Okay. Yeah, they, they follow the rules. Yeah, yeah, right. The NFL following the rules when it, it does comes to Mike on ESPN Radio. 
for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.